You're listening to another episode of Lords of Limited with your hosts, Ben Worney and Ethan Sachs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Worney, and joining me on the line is Ethan Bing Bong Sachs. <laughs> How are those new emotes treating you, buddy? They're so good. Yeah, I got some new emotes from... Uh... Dingus Egg on Twitch and Twitter. He's my my current emote designer. Got uh, I don't know how Bing Bong became a, a catchphrase of mine on stream, but it is. We got a sweet emote for that. I got a, a cool sort of like smork style emote. Top uh, top smash, top crunch. We got now, so I'm excited to deploy those this week. How are things for you? Things are going well for me. I am trying to teach marching band over the internet, which is you know a dream. Yeah, I bet that's a dream. Is that is that the exact way you describe it? Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. smooth sailing the entire way. Everyone's learning optimally. You know what's crazy to me, Ben, as we were, we were talking about this earlier this week, as we were planning out what we were doing for the episode today and, and for the coming weeks, is that we're almost done with Aquaria. As quickly as it came, it went. We've got, I think, we've got our M21 previews next week, as well as the 50 takes episode. And that's going to bring us into the crash course the following week, which is crazy to me. Yeah, the narrative has been we're only five weeks into the format. Yeah. We're only six weeks into the format. Oh, the format's gone. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could easily do like five more episodes on this format. No problem. Oh, for sure. This format's great. Yeah, very, very good. So we're, we're bummed to see that go. So what we've got in store for folks today is, so Ben and I have had the, the privilege of participating in these streamer showdowns um, hosted by a Twitch streamer known as Just Lola Man. So first, I want to shout him out, twitch.tv slash Just Lola Man is where you can go to follow him. He has been doing these just out of his own spare time, organizing these pods of eight streamers, and then they play out. And so we participated in one of those, and then uh, they took the top four from two drafts and put them together into one draft. And that's what we're going to review today. So because this is drafted on a, a third party client, we actually get access to all eight people's draft logs. So normally what we would do if there was like a pro tour, we'd get to sort of look at a couple drafts from some pros at the same table. So the next best thing, some limited hardcore streamers all in a pod together. So that's what we're going to dive into today, Ben. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm super psyched. Sweet. So before we get into any of that, we're just going to Briefly talk about the Lords of Limited Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where you can go to get back to the show if you so choose. Of course, the show will always be free. We have some perks, the Discord, access to show notes, access to a private section of the Discord with just me and Ben, access to monthly coaching sessions. All of that is available for your perusal. And if you are interested at patreon.com slash Lords of Limited, and we want to make sure we shout out each and every new patron the first week that they join. So this week we are welcoming Anders, Hunter, Brandon, Mitchell, Mateo, Tim, Noe, Christian, Oisin, Nick, and Franz. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Absolutely. Can't say thank you enough. And we just got a message in the Discord that was awesome that I think maybe people might not know about or might not be taking advantage of is that uh, the tier list on the lordsoflimited.com website has been really helpful to some folks. So if you're looking for a tier list that has Ethan and my rankings, head on over to lordsoflimited.com, check that out. And keep in mind, we're coming up on a new format. Best time to get in on the Patreon. Exactly. Uh, one more brief piece of housekeeping. Uh, ben and I released a YouTube video this week about the companion rules change. So this is like the first time that a like banned or restricted or errated thing has affected limited, I think, in, in a way like this, where they've changed the text of cards. So so the companion rules change now means that there's a tax, right? You have to pay three mana anytime you could cast a sorcery to put the companion from your sideboard into your hand. Um, and so we talked about all 10 of those companions and how that three mana tax changes them for limited gameplay for these last few weeks of the format and for, for the format going forward, if it's ever a, a flashback draft or whatever. So I encourage you to check that out if you're interested on our takes on companions and what that tax means for limited. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's dive in here, Ben. We've got eight full drafts to take a look at. Obviously, we're not going to go all 45 picks deep on each and every one, but we'll, we'll go through most of pack one probably for each person, talk about how the draft rounds out, take a look at the deck and uh, what the record was for the drafter. So first up here, we're going to start with Preddy MTG as seat one. What do we got going on with Preddy's draft here, Ben? Yeah, if we take a look at this pack, there's no commons that stand out that I would be happy first picking. You might be happy picking a migratory great horn, but I, I need to I need to talk to you about migratory great horn, Ben. OK, I feel as if I understand the error of my ways in this format after doing the Mardu episode last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still think Greathorn is a good card. I still think I agree that it's a glue for the deck. 
but I have just started to notice my tendencies of like, I just hear your voice in the back of my head in a lot of my drafts going like, <laughs> why are you getting into green? Why are you getting into green for these commons? And I have stopped doing that and I have been happier for it. That's good. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. And I, w- I will say to you also that I see the light about Greathorn. I okay. have, I have, I've done it. I, you showed me the ways a little bit. And when I do have to draft green, I'm thinking about that card in a new light. I do think it's unique in the format in that it's a mutate three and really gets your mutate stack going early. All right. That's nice. <laughs> we, we both both sort of flip flopped a little bit, a little freaky Friday action there. Yeah. So moving on to the uncommons, there's a Blitz of the Thunder Raptor. One red instant deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the number of instants or sorceries in your graveyard. Auspicious Starx, four and a green for the 6-6, six, six, mutate five and a green. When it mutates, you exile cards from the top of your library equal to the number of times the creature has mutated and put permanence onto the battlefield. And your rare, Shark Typhoon, baby. Yeah, I think uh, Shark Typhoon has been a card that we've been high on from the beginning. I think it's one of the best rares in the set, period. I don't think there's any uncommon. Yeah, that's a question. Would you take Zenith Flare over Shark Typhoon? No way. Yeah, me either. Uh, so I would uh, windmill slam Shark Typhoon here, as does Pretty. Moving on to pack one, pick two. You see the following cards as options. Commons, there's an of one mind and a durable coil bug that stick out to me. I guess you could also make a case for Thieving Otter, the two blue two two that deals mm-hmm. damage to an opponent draw card. Um, moving into the uncommons, there's a one mana cycler in Footfall Crater. And Splendor Mare is a card I really liked in best of one, but I am not super high on it in best of three. The two and a white, three, three lifelink that you can cycle for one and a white and put a lifelink counter on something when you cycle it. Mm-hmm. It's also a swallow hole, single white sorcery, uh, tap a creature as part of paying the cost and exile target tapped creature. You put a plus one plus one counter on the creature you tapped to pay the cost. Yeah, it's so interesting. Splendor Mare and Swallow Hole, I think, are both cards that I'm lower on now than I was at the beginning of the format. I still like Swallow Hole better than Splendor Mare and probably best out of the whole pack if it were pack one pick one. But Shark Typhoon sort of changes that calculus a little bit in that I feel like that's a card I want to hang on to for dear life here. Um, I really want to be able to play it. And of one mind plays nicely with it. You know, you draw cards to dig towards it. Or if you cast Shark Typhoon, then this is a three mana, three, three flyer plus draw two cards if you you cast it after you've stuck the Shark Typhoon. So I I think I kind of like taking that here. What, What are your thoughts? I don't feel super strongly about sticking to blue for Shark Typhoon because you can splash it. There's there's Farfinder, there's Evolving Wilds. I don't feel like I need to be blue for Shark Typhoon. I think, honestly, I would take Swallow Hole or Durable Coil Bug here, and I think I would take Swallow Hole. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely defensible. Yeah. Pretty ended up on Of One Mind with you and moving along to pack one, pick three. See the following cards as options. I don't want to mention it, but I will as a ram through one of the green instant <laughs> a target creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control and then does like extra trample damage. Uh, there's another of one mind. There's a grim dancer, one black black for the three three ETBs with your choice of lifelink menace and death touch counters, two of those three. And that's really about it. I do want to mention a card that I think is misunderstood in this format in the uncommon slot in this pack, which is Channeled Force. That's the two blue red instant as an additional cost to cast it. You discard X cards, target player draws X cards, and Channeled Force deals X damage to up to one target creature or planeswalker. I find room for this in most of my blue red decks, I'd say. Like, you know, it it does a weird like cathartic reunion impression. I think it's a nice one of if you've got a Lutri deck going on. Um, I feel like it's good in a like Karuga deck. Maybe it's mostly just with companions. I feel like a lot of people have written this card off as like unplayable for some reason. It wheels a lot. And I've I've found it to have a home and be pretty effective. Yeah, I, I like a copy of that in blue red for sure. Yeah. Um. So I guess the question here is like, do you take another of one mind and stick to blue or do you take what the best card in the pack is, which is Grim Dancer in my opinion. And I think the delta between sticking to blue for of one mind and the power that just exists in Grim Dancer on its own is too big to pass up on. I agree. Slamming Grim Dancer here and Preddy did as well. So right now has Shark Typhoon of One Mind and Grim Dancer in the pile. Mm -hmm. Moving on to pack one, pick four. We're going to fast forward through this here. Yeah. Windmill slamming an Archipelagor out of a very weak pack. Otherwise, other cards worth noting. There's a Glimmer Bell and a Prickly Marmoset. So maybe maybe blue and red looking a little open. Mm -hmm. But Archipelagor is a gift there. Moving on to pack one, pick five. You see the following cards as options. In the commons, there's a prickly marmoset. 
an Essence Symbiote and a Frost Lynx that stand out to me. And then in the uncommon slot, there's still a Trumpeting Gnar here. One blue-green for the 3-3, the mutate cost of 3 Simic Simic. And whenever this creature mutates, create a 3-3 Beast token. Yeah, um, I, I really don't like Frost Lynx very much in this format. I think that's a card that I'm lower on than the rest of the world. It just It's not something I'm like interested in in any blue deck it feels like just the, th- the three mana two two is unexciting i don't often find like i'm in a tempo blue deck and so this effect is not generally useful i think this is an effect that's a much better on offense than it is on defense so i think we're gonna be dipping into another color i wish that there was a black card we could take to follow up with the grim dancer but there isn't um so i think i would just land on prickly marmoset here like we talked about before trumpeting nar is a card that i think wants to be in Green blue, it wants to be the bottom of your mutate stack. And also there's going to be some tension. I mean, Shark Typhoon is just going to be good anywhere. But I think if you're trying to maximize Shark Typhoon, it's not going to go best in a deck with Trumpeting Gnar. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I still think I would be on Trumpeting Gnar here. I mean, that's that's two premium mutators you're getting pick four and pick five. That's true. You got the Archipelagor. Right. Like you just got past Archipelagor. You're getting Trumpeting Gnar. As much as I don't want to be mutate, this feels like an okay, maybe like maybe my neighbors feel that way as well. And I should mm-hmm. try to take advantage and be mutate here. I just think I'm going to not miss a prickly marmoset with the start I have so far because it's it's fairly impossible to get into cycling from here in a mm-hmm. table this with this many high powered drafters. Yeah. So I think I would I would take Trumpeting Gnar, I think, and see what comes. That's a really interesting point that you make there about uh, being at the table with the drafters. Did you find yourself in the draft like making some considerations or thinking like like I was getting passed to buy you? And so I was sort of like, well, maybe I should like lean into green because I know Ben is going to be leaning away from green or just like, you know, when we did the draft before this, Voxy was in the draft and she got a really good cycling deck, but she didn't get enough one mana cyclers because I think people at the table were appropriately valuing those cards. And so there were considerations there of like, well, is cycling open? Am I going to be able to get there at this table of these seven other, you know, really good drafters? So were you making any considerations like that? Yeah, that's definitely in my mind. You'll see starting with my pack one, pick one. That's definitely in my mind the whole time. Yeah, I was I was very much conscious that I was drafting with seven other people that were very good at drafting. Yeah, well, I, I think you made a good argument for trumpeting Nar here. What did Preddy end up on? Pretty ended up on Prickly Marmoset, and from here the draft went fairly straightforward. So started with Shark Typhoon of One Mind, Grim Dancer, Archipelagor into Prickly Marmoset, and then stuck pretty much to Blue Red. Took a Keep Safe, a Tigerilla. This was a very low powered draft pod. Yeah, no, none of the decks were really outstanding, um, mm-hmm. and so from that point forward, pretty much stuck with with Blue Red. Yeah, it's really interesting. Pack two, pick one. He passes up on Inspired Ultimatum for Cloud Piercer, and then Pack two, pick two. Passes up on Inspired Ultimatum number two for Mystic Subduel. So be interesting to see who ends up with those uh, those spicy Jeskai rares down the road. Yeah, and had a fairly straightforward blue-red deck, a little bit of mutate action going on. Uh, was was fairly aggressive, fairly tempo-oriented, double Tigerilla, double Raptor, a Porcuparrot, two Clash of Titans at the top of the curve, but yeah. not not a lot going on here. Yeah, uh, but this is, starting off the draft, this is our 3-0 drafter of the pod. So it just looks like consistency. I mean, the power level of cards is there for sure at the top with Shark Typhoon and Archipelagor. He's got like a really consistent, good curve, double Glimmer Bell, Facet Reader, Forbidden Friendship. Shout out to Forbidden Friendship for sure. Um, So pretty interesting. And removal looks like just the Rock Slide and Capture Sphere and the Double Clash. That's what I see. Yeah. Oh, and, a, and an Essence Scatter. So uh, yeah, not, not a like super exciting blue red deck, but looks like consistency got pretty the trophy there. All right, moving on to our second drafter is Mobius. Do you want to take me through here? Yeah. So pack one, pick one commons that stand out to me, Migratory and Greathorn, Imposing Vantasaur and Gopher Blood, probably the best commons out of the pack. And then at Uncommon, uh, a couple of Orzov goodies. We've got Generals Enforcer. That's the white black two three you can pay two white black to exile a card from a graveyard if it's a creature you make a one one white human soldier creature token and dire tactics the white black instant that exiles a creature if you don't control a human you lose life equal to that creature's toughness there's also our our fave combat trick fight is one and the rare is a bit of a clunker unpredictable cyclone that's the three red red weird cycling matters card that really just ends up being cycling too in most decks yeah i think if you really wanted to go hard after cycling you could make a case for go for blood or imposing vantasaur here pack one pick one i'm not about that life personally 
So for me, it's between General's Enforcer and Dire Tactics. And honestly, I think I'm on General's Enforcer over Dire Tactics. I think it's just a much more unique effect. It's really what Black White wants to do. And Dire Tactics is sort of interchangeable with Pacifism, Blood Curdle. I mean, obviously, it's better than those cards, but not enough better that I really want to take it over General's Enforcer. I mean, it's definitely like uh, close to Blood Curdle. It's way better than Pacifism. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. But I, no, I agree. Like, it's it's better than all those cards, and it's better than Blood Curdle. But I think General's Enforcer does more for a black-white deck than Dire Tactics does. I'm glad to hear you say that because that's my inclination as well. Can't fault Mobius for making the choice to take Dire Tactics here, but I do like General's Enforcer, which is kind of crazy. Again, like that's a card that has definitely changed in my evaluation over the course of the format. So pack one, pick two with the Dire Tactics in your pile. You see the following cards as options. Again, you know, out of the commons, there's a Migratory Great Horn. There's a Mutual Destruction if you wanted to stay on black or white. There's also a Lava Serpent, one of Ben's favorite cards. Uh, a rare missing out of this pack, as we know, because Shark Typhoon is gone. So now uh, Mobius gets the choice between probably the, the two best cards being either Blitz of the Thunder Raptor, the red removal spell, or Auspicious Starix, the green mutate uncommon. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm just taking the best card in the pack at this point to follow up my dire tactics since there's not good on color options. And I think that is Auspicious Starix. Yes, I agree with that for sure. So yeah, as, as you're going to see, because, you know, Preddy is passing to Mobius here, um, we're going to be seeing all of the same cards. So we won't be like reading all the cards uh, out of these packs like we were before. So with the Dire Tactics into Auspicious Starix, what are we going to take here? Pack one, pick three. There's, again, Durable Coilbug as the best common. And then all three uncommons still in the pack, Swallow Hole, Splendor Mare, and the one Mana Cycler, Footfall Crater. Yeah, this is interesting. And I think you're you're already starting to see like the weak packs uh-huh. make it make it tough to navigate these drafts. I was thinking it was because we were just in such like a high powered, you know, like yeah. draft pot of people, but the packs certainly did not do us any favors. So I think for me, you know, we're not taking a green card here. So I think we're just trying to take what the best card in the pack is to go along with either Starix or Dire Tactics. And honestly, I think I'm on Durable Coilbug over Splendor Mare. I, I just love that little guy so much. He's very, very good in Black White. So why are you interested in taking Bug over Swallow Hole here, but we're interested in Swallow Hole over Bug in the last pack? Because we already have, if we're Mobius, we already have a Dire Tactics in our mm-hmm. pile. And I think the amount of removal you have goes down in value drastically after like the first premium removal spell that you have. And, and Swallow Hole is like, below blood curdle fire prophecy to me so i think taking a nice synergy piece in coil bug to leave me a lot of different avenues while i'm trying to feel out this pod is where i would want to be yeah and i would like to be black more than i like to be white i think that's a consideration there and durable coil bug as we talked about last week is really a huge glue piece to a lot of these decks right like just makes bushmi poacher better bastion better mutual destruction better good if you end up with any like self mill so it like incidentally finds its way to the graveyard and then you can put it into your hand I like Coilbug a lot. Mobius ends up on Splendor Mare here, liking the three mana, three, three lifelink. Uh, pack one, pick four. This is, again, like a pretty weak pack. I'd say the, the best commons. We've got the Ram through and of one mind here. And then at uncommon, there's still Clash of Titans as well as Channeled Force in the pack. But those two are probably pretty far away from him. No black cards to speak of in the pack. Only white cards are Helica Glider and Light of Hope, which is a bummer. What, what do you do here? Yeah, this is a tough seat for Mobius. I mean, this whole pack is bad. You don't want to get into blue for any of these blue cards, not having taken a blue card yet. So I think I'm taking the saddest Ram through in history. I was, I'm was. i so glad I got to hear Ben say he would take Ram through. You heard it, folks. Caught on camera. Moving on to pack one, pick five with the Ram through. You know, we've got this prickly marmoset pack. There's a, a glimmer bell. There's fertilid. There's divine arrow. Only black card is dark bargain. Again, really weak cards. He's probably just going to stick with green here with a sad fertilid, right? Yeah, I mean, this this draft is going poorly enough for me. Like that I, I really still am trying to take the best cards out of the packs and figure out where I can be. And I'm, I'm not quite ready to settle into green yet. So I think I would take Prickly Marmoset here myself. Okay. Like red's a, red's a really deep color and you don't know what you're going to get past. And I, th- I think I just want as many avenues open as possible at this point. Yeah. So if, if Fertilid didn't convince you, if you want to toe the line with a Prickly Marm set, totally fine. Uh, Mobius does take the Fertilid here. I think pack one pick six is going to really decide things here for him. 
as that trumpeting nar makes its way to him here in in, in the sixth pick. And I think that's a, a signal as well as there being an essence symbiote, a humble naturalist, and and then beyond that, bristling boar, sudden spinnerets, and wilt. So not only are we seeing, you know, maybe a, a quality of green card, but also a huge quantity of green cards here, pick six. Yeah, I would land on the trumpeting gnar here, and I would probably take that as, okay, I'm supposed to be trying to be green mutate, maybe even blue-green mutate. You know, we've seen some blue coming, but this is the first blue card we've really seen that pushes us towards blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's going to land on that as well. And then, you know, the pack rounds out with some, like, real clunker green cards, a couple of Moscow Goryaks, uh, a bristling boar, um, a flycatcher giraffid, you know, nothing crazy to speak of. And then he get, gets a trumpeting gnar pack two pick one. And I think that's going to solidify him into base green mutate. He doesn't end up getting to be blue green, um, but he does end up base green looking like touching white and black as a second color here. If we're looking at the the deck pick. Yeah, it has a Kogla in the deck. The mana base is a, a- bit of a yikes here like stretching pretty far on the mana but the power level is certainly there as far as mutate goes uh can confirm i played against this deck and there were some sick sick mutate stacks going on yeah uh, so double double trumpeting gnar gem razor three vulpakeets a starix uh cavern whisperer chittering harvester and then a, a kogla as a bomb rare at the top of the curve yeah for sure and then you know the fixing uh double humble naturalist for the creatures and a fertilid as well and then some some removal suite being rammed through dire tactics blood curdle and ben Werney's favorite card blade banish um so you know got 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 some pieces there but as you said the mana uh, a, a bit sketchy and i i can confirm my I, as you'll see in my deck i had a, a sketchy mana base as well sort of tough to to scrape together a good deck here in in this draft pod and unfortunately mobius ended up one two with this deck yeah so moving on to my draft i'll talk you through this one here pack one pick one sit down feeling great about your chances 3-0 in this pod uh you see the following cards as options there's an essence scatter in the commons that stands out and then moving quickly on to the uncommons and the rare there's a reptilian reflection two in a red for the enchantment whenever you cycle a card you can have reptilian reflection become a five four dino with trample and haste and your rare skycat sovereign white blue one one flying it gets plus one plus one for each other creature you control with flying and you can pay two blue white to make a one one cat bird creature token with flying yeah, so I, I mean, I guess this is the the question here, right? Do you take reflection to try and get into the cycling deck? And I think normally yes, but at this table I would say no because I think people are going to grab those one mana cyclers appropriately. And so I, I think it comes down to Essence Scatter versus Skycat Sovereign, and Skycat Sovereign's ceiling is really high. And even though Blue White's not a deck I like very much, it's very very splashable. So I, I would land on the rare here. Yeah, for me, it was between reflection and sovereign and I went down to the wire, man. Like, and if if this had been any other cycling payoff, I think I would have gone for it. Like I would have taken Fox. I would have taken Zenith Flare. Yes. You know, you take Rescuer. You would take Rescuer. But this is the one that like you have to be cycling (laughs) for it to be good. And it's the it's the bottom of those payoffs that are like the you have to be cycling for it to be good. So I I don't know. I was I was scared and I went with the Skycat Sovereign. I thought Blue White might be a little bit more open of a lane or that I could splash the Sovereign. And I've had pretty good experiences with that card sweet yeah so took the sky cop sovereign and moving on to pack one pick two see the following cards as options there's those one mana cmc cyclers and go for blood and vantasaur and moving on to the uncommons there's a general's enforcer and the fight as one from the pack that we saw with mobius yeah i mean again this is going to be a a default here if we were going to take general's enforcer pack one pick one i think you'd take it pack one pick two there's not really anything good enough to follow up sky cat sovereign with to take over the enforcer in my opinion Yep, just trying to keep my avenues open here and took the General's Enforcer. So we've got a blue-white gold card and a black-white gold card so far. Moving on to pack one, pick three. See the following cards as options. In the commons, there's Spell Eater Wolverine and Migratory Great Horn. Nothing great. Uh, best blue-white commons are probably like Facet Reader and Main Serval. Nothing exciting going on there. And in the uncommons, we've got Glowstone Recluse and Blitz of the Thunder Raptor. Yeah, I, I think it's still worth noting that Mutual Destruction is in the pack if you wanted to follow up your General's Enforcer with a black or a white card. Um, but the best card in the pack, I think, is Blitz of the Thunder Raptor. I, I really like that card. It, it's a good removal spell that scales with the game and Exile is very relevant on, on that text. 
So I like taking it here, but then you're sort of you got your your toe in three different pools here with uh, your blue white rare, your black white uncommon, and your red removal spell. I feel good about that at this point in the draft, though. I, I really want to try to find my lane. I don't want to be locked in anything. I don't want to force. Um, I mean, obviously, would I rather go? You know, great card, great card, great card that all went together. Yes, but that's not the case here. So I think we're still trying to feel out the draft. That's fair. Moving on to pack one, pick four. See the following cards as options. There's a durable coil bug in the commons as a black card. Best blue common, best blue card is probably like Thieving Otter or Frost Links. Nothing great there. Um, and then in the uncommons, there's a swallow hole. Yeah. So it's interesting how, like, based on each of the three seats we've seen, swallow hole versus coil bug, the answer has been different for us. And I think here, even though I like Coiled Bug probably better in a General's Enforcer deck, you've got two white cards so far in the Skycat Sovereign and the General's Enforcer. So taking Swallow Hole as a white removal spell that toes the line between those two decks, I think is nice. Yeah, that's what I did. And that's ultimately what it came down to for me, right? Like in a vacuum, I'd probably rather take Coil Bug, but I don't know what I'm going to be doing yet. And mm -hmm. so trying to solidify myself in a base color was definitely a consideration there. So I did land on the Swallow Hole. Moving on to pack one, pick five, rough options here. So there's an of one mind as the best blue card in the pack. Helica glider is the best white card in the pack. There's no black uh, and a channeled force sitting in the uncommon slot. Any thought here to Glimmerbell being like another flyer to make your Skycat Sovereign a little better? I thought about it. I guess Helica Glider does that too. Right, Helica Glider does that too. I thought about it. Mostly to me, that would be if I was hoping. I did think about trying to like spike the blue Flying Mentor mm. um, because that's like a really good in a blue white deck that's got a lot of Glimmerbells and other cheap flyers and things like that. But ultimately, I just wanted to try to go for consistency and power level and i thought of one mind was that and yeah. i think blue white also has like an of one mind plan not quite as good as blue red but but can do work in blue white yeah for sure i agree with that I, I like grabbing of one mind here yeah and then moved on to pack one pick six again like just not not a clear direction presenting itself to me there's options between prickly marmoset glimmer bell and divine arrow as probably the best cards in the pack yeah i would take divine arrow here i think as we talked about last week when we broke down white's commons those like three two cmc quote-unquote removal spells the checkpoint officer divine arrow and pacifism i like those a lot more in decks that like don't have a streamlined game plan and while black white probably does i would say black is not open for you here like i haven't seen any black cards really like to speak of and black's pretty deep and so i feel like other than the coil bug like if you haven't seen good black commons flowing i would say black's probably not open so in a blue eyed deck i kind of do like just like random clunky removal spells because i feel like that that deck is is trying to do like a lot of small pockets of synergy things rather than an overarching this is what my deck does thing and and situational removal i think is is better there yeah i think looking at this now divine arrow i was certainly probably a close decision between divine arrow and marmoset for me i was just worried like, I thought this was really late for a Marmoset at the table. Mm -hmm. I think that's what my thought process was, but I, I certainly can see Divine Arrow being the right pick here. Yeah. So pack rounds out. I pick up a duel, a blue-white duel, pick seven, a Raugren crystal, pick eight, wheel a day squad marshal. So almost certainly base white at the end of pack one, but still trying to feel it out. Uh, pack two, pick one, Lava Brink Venturer certainly solidifies me into white. And then I ended up getting a second Skycat Sovereign passed to me in pack three that really sort of tied the rim together in a, a fine blue white deck my removal suite really hurt me through the course of this had double pacifism swallow hole and that's it i think but the ability to not get something off the table really hurt my deck in every single round yeah it's tough i mean just tough that blue white doesn't really have there's not like an oblivion ring exile enchantment effect and i that's a, rare to see that in a limited environment and i think that's very very uh, present in this deck. One thing I did want to point out here is, is in pack one, pick 11, that mutual destruction that we keep talking about, it wheeled. And that was like the only black common in that pack. Yeah, there was there was not a lot of good black that we've seen so far yeah. in these packs, because the only person that's touching black that we've seen so far is Mobius. Right. Yeah, that's true. And how did this deck fare for you? Uh, ended up 1-2. You and I met in <laughs> the pleb finals. We yeah. were in the 0-2 bracket together, uh, and I snuck one out against yeah. you. Yeah, so that's a that's a spoiler here for, for my draft, which is coming up. I, I took the reverse trophy. I got the 0-3 here. So we'll see. We'll see what I did and, and perhaps what I could have done better. I actually haven't looked at this draft log since 
the draft. And I'm excited to see if maybe like, especially now in the wake of the Mardu episode, if I would have done anything different. So I'll walk you through this here. I think, again, we can fast forward, pack one, pick one. The rare here is a mythic rare. It's Luminous Broodmoth, the two white, white, three, four flyer. Whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. A card that I actually haven't had the privilege of like pack one, pick one before. So I was happy, really excited to get to do it. I think this is one of the better rares in the set. Cards that were passing here. There's a Pouncing Shore Shark and a Swallow Hole at Uncommon and pretty weak commons overall go for blood being the best of the bunch yeah i mean you're slamming luminous broodmoth there for sure yeah pack one pick two you see the following cards as options probably the best follow-up to luminous broodmoth in white there's a day squad marshal that's got like an etb effect so if it dies it comes back as a flyer makes a one one and Stormwild caprador at uncommon the three mana one three flyer if non-combat damage will be dealt to it you prevent that damage and put that many plus one plus one counters on it this card feels like more of a meme to me than an actually good card but perhaps i'm too low on it um and then in terms of like Best cards in the pack, Essence Scatter at Common, and the Reptilian Reflection at Uncommon. Yeah, I think Stormwild Caprador gets there in a deck that didn't get there. Right. Like that's that's when it's good. Like, like you're trying if, to if cheese wins with it. Yeah, like that's when I... But I do think it can do that. It is, it is powerful. For you here, I, I would take Reflection here myself as I think the best card in the pack. I think Reflection is enough better then Caprador or Essence Scatter, that even if you get cut out of it, I don't think you're going to miss any of the other cards. And I think I'm willing to take a chance here, especially having started with a white card in my first pick. Yeah, that's fair. I, that's that's a, a really good point. I think this is a, a misstep for me. I do think Reflection is enough better than Scatter. We've already got a white card, so we could even end up in a white-red deck that maybe is like has a cycling package, but not full-out cycling. Um, but I think I was just playing scared about getting into the cycling deck at this particular pod, which I think was a mistake. Um, I ended up taking essence scatter here as just what i thought was like the you know highest floor card in the pack yeah i think that's certainly justifiable uh so what's going on in pack one pick three here we see those one mana cyclers making their way here imposing vantasaur and go for blood there's migratory great horn as well but i'm gonna resist the urge here <laughs> to get into green for migratory great horn um, another day squad marshal and then fight as one as an uncommon and unpredictable cyclone as the rare it's a tough pick it's it's easier if you've got reflection to slam one of these one mana cyclers mm -hmm. uh I'm sort of tempted by fight as one here with the luminous broodmoth and not having taken the reptilian reflection uh, just to protect my luminous broodmoth, you know, wait till five mana and have fight as one as a trick to, to potentially save my broodmoth from my opponent's removal spell. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what I would do. I, I think if I passed the reflection, I would take fight as one. And if I had taken the reflection, I would be on Vantasaur. Yeah, I took the Vantasaur here um, just thinking like I want to be white for broodmoth. I like the one mana cyclers, but you make a great point that we've already got a non-human that we really want to protect in in the Broodmoth. So fight as one really goes up in value. So I, I like taking that there as a more unique effect. Moving on to pack one, pick four. So I've got Broodmoth into Essence Scatter into Vantasaur. And now Ethan's tendencies creep up. So there's a Migratory Great Horn here in the pack, as well as a Lava Serpent and Spell Eater Wolverine in red. No real blue cards to speak of, Facet Reader being the best of them, and that, that Mutual Destruction as well hanging out. But it's a tough draft to navigate here so far. Yeah, I I don't know what I would do here. Like, with my route, I would have gone Broodmoth, Reflection, Vantasaur, and I now think I would Lava take... Lava Serpent, right? I would, take, I would take Lava Serpent here. Yeah. With your route of Broodmoth, Essence Scatter, Vantasaur, I still am, like, leaning towards just taking the best card in the pack like we're not taking a white card here right no so we're taking whatever we think the best card in the pack is and i think i like spell eater wolverine and red enough better than green that i would take wolverine over great horn here mm -hmm. uh, but i wouldn't be thrilled about it yeah this is tough i think this is part of like me leveling myself or perhaps metagaming myself of like well i know ben's passing to me i'm seeing this great horn fourth i can assume that green is going to be open at least from him so maybe I'll I'll get there that way. But I think I should have just not done that and taken Lava Serpent here. I think that's true. You know, like if if I'm you and I know that I'm passing to me. Yeah, I think that changes my pick here. Honestly, I I think I would take Great Horn. <laughs> yeah, but I just I still think even even knowing that I'm not supposed to get into green for Great Horn. Right. I, right. I, just, I, yeah. just don't, I don't think I'm supposed to do that anyway. But I did. So we grabbed uh, grabbed Great Horn here. Pack one, pick five more clunkers. Uh, the white cards here are Blade Banish and Maned Serval. Durable Coilbug still in the pack. 
Footfall Crater is a one-mana cycler, and Thieving Otter. Yeah, and again, like you're just seeing how hard it is with the weak packs to find a clear direction if you don't start off a clear direction, right? Like you, you want to be white, but you haven't seen any good white, really. No, not at all. Which is tough. And, and white's comments certainly aren't deep, but yeah, this is tough. So again, if you start the cycling route, you're slamming Footfall Crater here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't do that. So I think you're left with like a choice between coil bug, main serval, and blade banish. Mm-hmm. I think I would just take main serval because you really want to be white for brood moth. But I, I don't know. I'm not happy right now. Yeah, that, that's what I ended up with. I, I took main serval. I felt like, look, I want to be white. There, there's a possibility that like heed bonder or keensight mentor make their way to me, and so that I, I could have a vigilance package in the deck. Um, but that that's sort of where I ended up with it's interesting because there is a real cycling route here with you know reflection into one mana cycler into lava serpent into one mana cycler but so as a spoiler there is someone at the table that ends up in red white and we'll get to that draft in a little bit but i'll be interested to see if it ends up as a cycling deck um and if perhaps the picks that i passed make their way to him and that's why they end up there and perhaps i could have ended up in that deck instead yeah certainly the table would have looked different i think yeah if you had taken a different route through the draft yes for sure yeah so you know the weak packs continue we just stick with white take a helicoglider sixth divine arrow seventh and then pick eight again we see this pack where mobius took the trumpeting nar where we've got five green cards humble naturalist essence symbiote bristling boar sudden spinnerets and wilt and again while those aren't like absurd they're all commons Two of them are, you know, probably better than than pick eight or whatever, maybe about pick eight in Symbiote and Naturalist. And so I was like, all right, well, I've already got the Great Horn. I know Ben is passing to me. I'm going to take the Naturalist and maybe I end up base green splashing some stuff. So going back now that you've had your epiphany. Yeah. Do you think you don't draft green in the seat? I mean, I think I would rather do the route you described. I'd rather do Broodmoth, Reflection, Vantasaur, Lava Serpent, Footfall Crater, and then you take like random two mana cycler. I think probably just take like two mana cyclers, right? Hanthering snare into shredded sails into wilt maybe, or maybe I take a miser's clash and then we get to pick nine and then stuff looks different. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I would go a different route here. I don't know if I get there, but I, I think I'd take a different route. Right. Or even something as simple as just taking the lava serpent over the great one, the great horn pack yes. one pick four, I think lets you avoid the trap of being green, right? Yeah. Because what happens is I end up getting into green for nothing great. I mean, I do get there. Like I get a great horn pack two, pick one. I get an auspicious Starix. You know, I end up splashing for some black removal and dire tactics. I'm a lucky boy in open Frondland Felidar pack three, pick one. Um, so I don't think my deck is terrible. But the problem is, is that my f- mana is really bad. And I was, you know, I was trying to think about, you know, if we take a look at my deck here in the show notes, I was trying to think about like my, my mana was a big part of why my deck didn't function that that much uh so i have a jungle hollow and a swamp here and then my other fixing is fertilid and double migratory great horn as well as a humble naturalist but the naturalist doesn't help me splash the two dire tactics that i have um and that's the other thing is i, I wonder if white black was more of what i should have been doing because a lot of my my green feels clunky or feels like i'm splashing green for fixing in a way um so a lot of my Fixing was like Great Horn plus something else to go find a swamp, which is a lot to rely on uh, in a way. So my, my deck lost to its mana base a lot of the time, I felt like. I'm also surprised to see you only running 16 lands here. Yeah, I, t- I felt like with th- the problem is with these green decks is that they flood out. Like I've got Naturalist, Fertilid, and Double Great Horn. And if I've also got 17 lands, I mean, I do have some top end with the Honey Mammoth and the Starix, but I don't know. I, I just felt like. I was going to flood out with this deck. But again, maybe that was wrong. Maybe I just needed to run 17 for the correct number of sources. It's certainly close. Yeah. So that's that's the, the deck that, that took the prize of eighth place there. So what's going on next? Next up, we've got the Ham TV, Kyle Rose. Pack one, pick one, following cards as options. Whoa. I love this so much. I'm so excited to look Whoa. at this draft. <laughs> so... Yeah, some, some preferences <laughs> here. I'll stop. I'll stop exclaiming. I have not looked looked at this draft log yet, and this is wild. Uh, I guess I'm just going to keep exclaiming a little bit. We'll keep you waiting in suspense. Uh, so commons that stand out. There's a snare tactician. There's a prickly marmoset. Uh, a mutual destruction, and that's pretty much it for the commons. 
moving on to the uncommons, there's a trumpeting gnar, a pouncing shore shark, so a couple mutate starter pack there. And your rare is Mythos of Luna, two blue blue. Create a token that's a copy of target permanent. If green red was spent to cast this spell, uh, when you make a token, if it's a creature, you can have it fight another target creature. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, I would take Mythos of Luna as the best card in the pack. But Kyle Rose, a man who has the courage of his convictions, Ben, what does he end up on here? He ends up on Mutual Destruction. That's crazy to me so I, I if i were ranking this pack in a pack one pick one discussion i think my ranking would be mythos of aluna pouncing shore shark snare tactician prickly marmoset trumpeting gnar and then mutual destruction something like that yeah so i mean some clear preferences showing here and just wanting to be black liking the removal spell but you know something like mutual destruction we keep talking about how like black has all this inherent synergy mutual destruction definitely lands on that list of cards oh for sure yeah if you're black mutual destruction should be a good card in your deck and it's the only black card in the pack i wonder if that's also part of the consideration here yeah certainly interesting so mutual destruction pack one pick one moving on to pack one pick two see the following cards as options there's an of one mind uh go for blood as a one mana cycler in the commons that's really all that stands out there uh a swallow hole in the uncommon slot and pouncing shore shark number two yeah um so if i take mutual destruction first i'm probably taking swallow hole as just another removal spell i guess i could see taking gopher blood because it's a one mana cycler maybe that's just better yeah i i think i would be on I, I don't know. I'm so thrown by this mutual destruction. I know. With with the mutual destruction, I think I like go for blood the best because I think we're hoping to be either cycling or black red or Mardu or something. Like taking mutual destruction pack one pick one says to me, I'm going to be Mardu something. Right. And I think if I had taken Mythos of Luna, I'd be on Pouncing Shore Shark. Probably. Yeah, I would be on Pouncing Shore Shark if I'd taken Mythos of Luna. Yeah. Though I will say Pouncing Shore Shark is not a card that I like very much anymore. It's fine. It, when you get there, it's great, but you just don't get there that often. Right. The 4-3 body that is really the problem for me. Like the effect is cool. And it, obviously, like if you get to do it every turn, if you have, if you, as you said, if you get there, you get there and it's very, very tempo positive for you. But a lot of the times I think that body is just not as impressive as it, uh, I would like it to be. Yeah, I agree. All right. So he also landed on go for blood. What's happening in pick three? Yeah, uh, there's no commons really that are standing out here. There's a Dreamtail Heron in the pack, and he's taking advantage of the Reptilian Reflection that I opened and that you passed him here as mm -hmm. clear standout card in the pack. Yeah, all right. So pack one, pick four, what happens? Pack one, pick four, you've got a Mutual Destruction, a Gopher Blood, and a Reflection in your pile, and you're looking at this pack. You see a Gopher Blood as a one-mana cycler, a Boot Nipper as the best black common, and fight as one as probably the best card, although that's close with Gopher Blood. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he's going to slam another Gopher Blood here. Looking great having the reflection passed and now two one mana cyclers. Yeah, loving this this start right now. And I, do, I still don't, the mutual destruction is still a bit of a head, head scratcher for me, but I'm following <laughs> along past that. Moving on to pack one, pick five. Again, uh, sees some good commons here in his colors. Spell Eater Wolverine, another mutual destruction, and Lava Serpent. Yeah, I think I would be inclined to take Lava Serpent, though Spellier Wolverine as like a prickly marmoset impression, or maybe he's thinking like hedging about like not being all in on cycling. But I think with the reflection, I would be taking the Lava Serpent over the Wolverine here. Yeah, I still like Wolverine here myself. Um, and that that is what Kyle landed on. Uh, it's, it's close, certainly, between the Serpent and the Wolverine. I just think the cheaper card uh, mm -hmm. is what it boils down to for me, the cheaper threat. Sure. Pack one, pick six, got a choice between Footfall Crater and Durable Coilbug. Yeah, so this seems like a clear crater to me. Like, we know we're red at this point, and we've got something that cares about cycling. So I would take the crater, but that is not what Kyle lands on. Yeah, Kyle lands on the coil bug. I would also be on the crater here myself to get a little deeper into red. Another one CMC cycler for that reflection. Mm -hmm. Although maybe he's worried that cycling's getting cut and wants to hedge his bets and and knows that, you know, what we've been saying in the Mardu episode, etc. that that black red is it's pretty hard to get cut out of a black red deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, the draft sort of went on rails here for Kyle after that pack one pick one uh, grabbed a pyroceratops. Got a Windscarred Crag as a red-white duel pick eight and pretty much just was 
black red the whole way. Nothing super surprising here. Ended up with a very streamlined looking deck. Triple mutual destruction, double serrated scorpion, good curve, minor cycling sub theme, more to turn on spell eater wolverines than actual cycling. Yeah, tight little deck and two one. I think save for, you know, there's like a few, there's an easy prey, a blitz, a grim dancer at uncommon. The rest of this deck is all commons. I think that just speaks to the power of red black and that like you can just take mutual destruction first and say, look, yeah, maybe mythos is better, but I want to end up in Mardu so bad because I know I'll make a deck of just commons work. Yeah, I, I, I think we're seeing it here. Yeah. All right, so that's going to move us on to seat six of Legend VD. Uh, we've got a pack here where I'm, I'm going to shortcut here to the uncommons and the rare. So we've got Flamespill, Archipelagor, and Zenith Flare as your three uncommons. So boy, howdy. I think that's like number one and number two in Zenith Flare and Archipelagor. And then the rare is Gigantha the Wellspring, one of the companions. This is the one with the clause of no card in your starting deck has more than one of the same mana symbol in its mana cost. Yeah, this is interesting here. This is by far the highest powered pack we've seen. Yeah, I, I think I would be on Gigantha, but it would be a sad Gigantha. And I think after the companion clause change in this pod, I think I would take Archipelago over zenith flare but maybe that's just leveling yourself and you're supposed to take zenith flare anyway i think i would just take zenith flare i, I don't know yeah i think i think zenith flare is better than gigantha but maybe that's wrong and i think even at this pod i think I, you would I, I would try and at least be like all right let, let's let's see if we can make this happen so you think you would be on zenith flare here pack one pick one i think so yeah yeah that's tough I, so uh legend landed on gigantha yeah that's a very hard first pick i agree i think but between those three cards it's very tough at this particular table pre-companion clause there's a lot of like ifs there so moving on to pack one pick two see the following cards as options there's Cycling Starter Pack in the Commons in Snare Tactician and Prickly Marmoset. And moving on to the Uncommons, there's Trip Trumpeting Gnar, Pouncing Shore Shark, and the Mythos of Aluna as the rare that Kyle passed here. Yeah, I mean, this is so interesting because I think Mythos of Aluna definitely better than Pouncing Shore Shark. But if you take Gigantha first, you can't take Mythos because you're going to be trying to companion Gigantha. So I think you land on Pouncing Shore Shark here. Or maybe you land on Trumpeting Gnar. I think actually I would land on Trumpeting Gnar. Yeah, I, I still think I would take Mythos as the best card in the pack. And just say, like, leave yourself outs to not companioning Gigantha. I, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. This is hard. <laughs> I don't have strong feelings about this pick. <laughs> I do feel strongly that it is difficult. Yeah, I guess Trumpeting Gnar makes the most sense. That just feels like the card with highest upside that also pairs with Gigantha. But but perhaps I'm too low on the Shore Shark. No, I think that's a true statement. I think I think that's I think that's a true statement. It's just so narrow. That's what makes me nervous. Right. And then yeah, you're shipping shipping Mythos and pouncing Shore Shark, and like you're almost certainly going to get cut out of blue after passing Archipelago and Mythos and oh, Shore yeah. Shark. Yeah, that's true. That feels really bad. Yeah, tough choices there. So Legend ended up on Pouncing Shore Shark. And don't envy don't envy those decisions early in the draft. No, but it's going to pay off for him here in the next few picks. Yeah, moving on to pack one, pick three. There's nothing exciting at the common slot. In the uncommons, there's a Swallow Hole and still a Pouncing Shore Shark. So it gets to slam Pouncing Shore Shark number two. So got a Gigantha and two Pouncing Shore Sharks here. And moving on to pack one, pick four. Uh, sees the following cards as options in the commons there's a goriak and a dreamtail heron and best uncommon is a stormwild capital so really weak pack yeah i mean just this feels like a, a windmill slam dreamtail heron now you have three blue mutate creatures to go along with your free companion at the moment yeah that's a good start yeah and then pack one pick five see the following cards as options Best card in the pack is probably fight as one in the uncommon slot and there's still a migratory great horn chilling in the common slot yeah i mean i do think the three Blue mutate creatures that you have are going to pair the best with another mutate creature in Migratory Greathorn, which also overlaps with the Gigantha color of red or green. Yeah, slamming Migratory Greathorn here. And it looks like this draft went, after a tough start, pretty on rails. Yeah. So pick seven snapped up a Thieving Otter. Pick eight got a Glimmer Bell, wield a Glimmer Bell, and then wield an Essence Symbiote. And just like just smooth sailing on blue green mutate from there off to the races there right yeah very strong looking deck did end up companioning gigantha and got the two one yeah yeah so much mutate in this deck 
Starix, two Shore Sharks, one Heron, Gem Razor, three Great Horn, two Recluse. Like, that's really doing it, I think. Yeah. I mean, this deck looks like you want a blue-green mutate deck to look. Yes, agreed. And that's going to move us on to seat number seven, the one and only Ben Stark here. Pack one, pick one. This is a, a pretty powerful pack. So best common here, we've got a Blood Curdle. Uh, looking at the uncommons, there's a Grim Dancer. That's going to hedge out Clash of Titans and Channeled Force. And your rare is Voracious Great Shark. Three blue blue for the five four flash when it ETBs counter target artifact or creature spell. Where are you at on Dancer versus Curdle? Pack one, pick one. I'm on Curdle. Yeah, it's such a close pick. Black black is the thing that, that edges that out for me, I think. Yeah. What about in best of one? Curdle for sure in best of one. Curdle for sure. Yeah. Grim Dancer has just been such a house against me in best of one. Tried to move it up a little bit in my pick order, but I still think I'm probably on Curdle. And so, yeah, I think you're trying to decide then between Blood Curdle and Voracious Grey Shark in the rare slot. And honestly, I think it's really close for me. I would take Curdle, I think. I think I would, too, mostly because I don't want to be blue. Yeah. And it's so much easier to be black. I Like, I think Great Shark's a better card in a vacuum, obviously. But I think Curdle puts you down a better route in the format. I agree. I also think Great Shark isn't that good. Like, I think it's kind of... I've read people for this card without seeing it. It's just like passing with five mana up. If you don't have anything else to do with it, it's easy to play around this. Like, yeah, they can just flash it in as a five mana five four at the end of turn, but then they're getting no value for it. Like you're not just playing this as a five mana five four. You're trying to get that sweet, sweet two for one. Five mana is a lot to hold up. It feels like it either wins the game or isn't very good. Yes. One of those two. So Ben's going to land on the rare here, Voracious Great Shark. I won't dispute that for sure. I think it's very close with the Curdle though. Pack one, pick two. He gets that... Sweet pack with the three all-star uncommons, Zenith Flare, Flamespill, and Archipelagor. Yeah, I'm surprised to see Ben take Zenith Flare here. If I had started with Great Chork, I would be taking Archipelagor over Zenith Flare. Yeah, that's still really close for me. I think at this, I don't know, at this pod, like, do you want to go and pass Zenith Flare to someone? I mean, I, I would. I think Archipelagor and Zenith Flare are close in their ability to end the game on the spot. And I think, you know, we, we started with Great Chork and I... Archipelago seems like a this isn't particularly close for me to be honest yeah and and i also don't feel as bad as normal about passing the zenith flare because i don't think people are going to pass the one mana cyclers that's true at this like there's a flip side to that of like well i don't feel like the zenith flare deck is going to be as powerful as it maybe would be elsewhere like that that was close for me pack one pick one like especially feeling like the cycling deck might not come together in this pod and so like Great Shark tilts it pretty far towards Archipelago here for me. What if you take Curdle first? What do you take here? If I take Curdle first here? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> then it's awful again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's like kind of painful. I guess I would take Zenith Flare. All right. Yeah, that's what I would do too. So Ben is going to grab Zenith Flare. Sorry, not this Ben. Ben Stark is going to grab Zenith Flare here. So he's got Voracious Great Shark into Zenith Flare. Pack one, pick three. Got the cycling duo of Snare Tactician and Prickly Marmoset. Moving on to the uncommons, there's a Trumpeting Gnar still and still the blue Mythos of Aluna at rare in the pack. Yeah, I mean, I think if you took Zenith Flare, you're slamming Snare Tactician here. If you had gone great, can you imagine going Great yeah. Shark and Archipelago into Mythos? Yeah, that feels like a great start. Wow. I wonder if Ben is happy or sad right now. The man feels no emotions. Yeah, I was just going to say. He is a, he's a drafting robot. <laughs> <laughs> what does he feel? All right, so he's going to grab Snare Tactician here. Pack one, pick four. We're starting to see the weakness of the packs shake out here for Ben. White cards. He's got main servo, light of hope and swallow hole uh only blue card in the pack is of one mind but it seems like he may be abandoning his uh his voracious great shark here in favor of red white cycling yeah there's not a lot going on i think i would land on swallow holes the best card in the pack Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what ben does as well pack one pick five more medium white cards in main serval day squad marshal and Stormwild caprador only red card is ferocious tigerilla and no blue cards yeah um but if you start out with that awesome blue route you can be blue and then try to figure out your second color, right? Like you're not abandoning blue after starting with those three cards. No, and you take of one mind fourth, I would imagine, to stay blue. And then, yeah, and then you can take take Caprador fifth or, you know, whatever. doesn't really matter what you take here. And I, th- I think you're still landing on Caprador regardless, just as it's looking like cycling might not come together. And that's, that's exactly where Caprador shines. Right. All right, so... Pack one, pick six. He ends up grabbing that fight is one that we kept talking about as being the strongest card in the pack for a while. 
Pack one picks seven. He ends up on a Lava Serpent, so gets a Cycler, gets another one-mana Cycler and Footfall Crater. So he starts to take the route that I described had I taken like Reflection into something, you know? So he gets the Footfall Crater and then takes a couple two CMC Cyclers and Hampering Snare into Shredded Sails and then rounds out the pack with just some, some medium red cards. And then it looks like he gets some spice here, right? So he's he's thrown for a loop. He gets Eluna Apex of Wishes, pack two, pick one. That's the Teamer Mutate Mythic Rare. Sort of does an auspicious Starix impression. And then he ends up with Dranith Stinger, pick two, and double Jeskai Ultimatum, pick three, pick four. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at Ben's deck here, and it's got double Jeskai Ultimatum and only a Swiftwater Cliffs yeah. and a Crystal as fixing. Yeah, it's... Uh, pretty wild and is he just playing migration path as a two cmc cycler it looks like yeah what a man it's also interesting to note you know what we were talking about with zenith flare here right like two seats up from ben kyle pushed ben out of cycling right by taking those early gopher bloods yeah ben's ben's draft looks different if kyle doesn't take those gopher bloods i think right if he doesn't value those cards as he should right yeah so like cycling doesn't have to be the scourge of the format if you're at a table of people who are appropriately valuing the enablers. All right, that's going to bring us to our eighth and final drafter here in Kenji Numat the Nummy. What's going on in this draft? All right, so pack one, pick one. See the following cards as options. In the commons, there's a durable coil bug that stands out. Not much other than that. In the uncommons, there's Splendor Mare, Footfall Crater, Swallow Hole. Nothing crazy exciting here. This is what's going to get passed to Preddy, mm-hmm. who's the first drafter we took a look at. And rare, Luca, Coppercoat Outcast, Scourge of Standard, and good plus in limited. I think I was a little too low on Luca for a while. Yeah, I think I was too. I didn't get to play with it until like medium into the format. You really do have to draft around it in a sense because like a 40 card deck, you just can't plus it that much or you're going to deck yourself. Like I've definitely had points in the game where it just like effectively dies on the battlefield because I have like seven cards left in my library. And so my opponent knows they don't need to attack it and I know I can't activate it anymore. So there's that consideration. But if you do have a creature heavy deck, I think it does really good work. Yeah, I think you take Luca here for sure. And Numat lands on Luca as well. Moving on to pack one, pick two. See the following cards as options. There's that Blood Curdle Grim Dancer debate. And honestly, I think that's all you're choosing between here. The best red card is Pyroceratops or Clash of Titans. So certainly branching out into one of the two black cards here if you're Numat. Yeah, I mean, maybe even as early as having Luca, you say, well, I, even if I'm in red black, I'm going to have removal because those are the colors that have the deepest and best removal and maybe you say i want to have a creature heavy deck so you take grim dancer i don't know yeah i still think i would land on blood curdle here yeah i think so it's very very close i don't know what's correct yeah and numat lands on blood curdle as well so has a has a luca and a blood curdle in his pile moving on to pack one pick three this is the the remnants of the powerhouse pack that legend opened so there's still an archipelago and a flame spill here this is really tough because you've got Luca, so I think that's going to bump Flamespill up. But is it high enough that it's over Archipelago? I don't know. I think it has to be, right? That you would take Flamespill over Archie here? I think so. I, I don't know. Archie's a lot better than Flamespill. Archipelago might just be better than Luca. I, yeah, that's probably true. I, you're, yeah, I think I would take Archipelago. I think you're right. The only problem is, is that red is so much better than blue. Tough pick. Yeah, really tough pick. I think this is so interesting when you get this laid into a format where like, colors shake out and understanding of like the power level of cards versus removal versus consistency, like synergy, all that comes into play. And that makes a pick like Archie versus Flamespill. I think really, really tough pack one pick three. Yeah, I, I think I would take Archipelago or Newmont landed on Flamespill. Yeah, I think that's totally defensible. I think that Flamespill is my initial inclination, but I think you sold me on the Archipelago. Moving on to pack one, pick four. See the following cards as options. We're still seeing the Kyle, Kyle Rose's mutual destruction pick. Destroying <laughs> uh, <laughs> waves through this draft. Yeah. <laughs> Destroying the draft, as it were. Common wise, there's a prickly marmoset here. And the uncommons, there's still a trumpeting gnar hanging out. And then I'm sure Numont has to be floored by this Mythos of Luna still being here, pack one, pick four. Yeah. So he's going to slam that and uh, maybe maybe missing out on the archipelago now. Who knows? Yeah. Moving on to pack one, pick five. Again, the packs just die here mm-hmm. uh, as far as card quality. So uh, there's an of one mind as probably the best card in the pack. And 
a frenzied raptor if you're interested in staying red yeah this this pack is pretty weak i think now that you've seen mythos four i would assume that blue is open and i would take of one mind yeah i think you yeah that sounds right to me and a numa agrees slammed an of one mind here and the rest of the draft rounds out not super interesting grabs a, a rugged highlands the red green duel next pick out of a very weak pack Grabs a boot nipper, picks seven, trying to keep his options open out of another weak pack. Um, you know, still trying to feel out what Grix's combination he's going to be because he does have that blood curdle. Mm-hmm. And then gets a facet reader into frost links into a wheeled channeled force that probably it looks like cements him into blue red. He does toe the line a little bit. He's got options pretty deep into the draft to go blue or black was was very base red for sure. Yeah, it's tough for for Numa if we, if we want to sort of summarize here about like where people ended up because he's sandwiched between. So we remember he's passing to Preddy, who's blue red as well. And Kenji ends up in blue red. And then on the other side of Kenji is Ben S in red, white, and then Legend VD in blue, green. And blue-green mutate, which is like going to take a lot of the creatures away from Kenji, who wants creatures because of Luka. So he, he ends up in a tough sandwiched position there. His deck was good, though. He had a blue-red. I played him in the second round. He had a very good blue-red tempo deck. It was just a very streamlined deck, had a plan, and it was curve out, you know, tap your stuff down with some Frost Lynxes and, and kill you dead. Yeah, got the, the Frost Lynx into Momentum Rumbler, some Lava Serpents at the top, taking, looks like, good advantage of Luka in terms of the creature count. Um, unfortunately, went 1-2 with that deck so that rounds things out there with uh, all eight of those drafters any any big takeaways from getting to see all eight draft logs there ben i mean i think it's i think kyle rose's first pick obviously by my <laughs> shatter pause there was that was pretty mind-blowing for me mm-hmm. uh, and interesting to see how that panned out for him it's interesting to see that preddy 3 the draft as having a blue red drafter in Newmont passing to him. So like Preddy's got blue red passing directly to him as blue red and Benes as like in Jeskai and legend also in blue for mutate. So just interesting to see that, you know, colors can be passing to you and still end up with a good playable deck. Mm-hmm. So that certainly is a takeaway. I think just the, the cycling that went around and seeing ham, seeing ham's impact on Ben's draft two seats up because he was appropriately valuing the one mana cyclers early in pack one and that pushing Ben off of Zenith flare and like a a very good cycling deck. And I think just your your draft was also interesting to look at because I think your taking of great horn sent some ripples down the line and honestly gave ham and legend and Ben S a little bit better decks because you weren't red, right? Yes, I agree. Yeah, I think I definitely think I, I would draft that deck or draft that seat differently if that draft were today. Um, I also think there was just a lot of, you know, the variance happens at the table. There was just a lot of blue opened, like a lot of powerful blue cards, like a couple archipelagors, the voracious great shark, the mythos, like multiple pouncing shore sharks that like sent blue into multiple people's decks. Right. And if you look at the color distribution, so there were four people that were blue, three people that were green, four people that were red, four people that were white and three people that were black. So, I mean, we we played pretty well together as far as color distribution, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of the colors sandwiched next to each other, right? Yeah. Like Mobius, myself, and you were all white. Yeah. And then we had a bunch of blue sandwiched together with Legend, Numa, and Preddy. Yeah, it's a bit of a yikes. Yeah, and it's, it sort of feels like, you know, you look at someone like Legend who's blue-green next to a white-red and a black-red player, like that feels like a good spot to be in. Right. And I think you saw the benefit of that yes. in, in his deck, right? Mm-hmm. His deck was very streamlined. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, super interesting to take a look at logs from very accomplished drafters in a pod that that tight. Yeah, very, very interesting. Again, shout out to just Lolaman at twitch.tv for organizing these drafts. They're really fun to participate in and I think really fun to watch and get to see the, the games from multiple perspectives and see the drafts from multiple perspectives. And if you're interested, we'll have a a link available where you download the episode to all these deck picks and draft logs. For sure. All right. That's a great place to wrap us up. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Come check us out on Twitch and Twitter. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter. And you can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.
Uh, so pack one, pick six, snabbed a glowstone recluse, pick seven, grabbed a thieving otter. Did you say snabbed? Did I say snabbed? I think you said snabbed. Yeah, grabbed, snapped, you know, <laughs> snabbed. Snagged. <laughs> snabbed. No, that's what happened. Grabbed and snapped. <laughs> snabbed. <laughs> it's a new word. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh-huh. So pick... <laughs> God dang. 